we carry everything that we need inside of us, that he came here to show us that. Like that's what the true, that's what the Christ consciousness to me represents. The word for heaven in Aramaic translates to cosmos. Mm. <laughs> what? Whoa, wow. That changes everything or it, it, it just- changes everything. <sighs> Welcome back to the podcast, my loves. This episode is perhaps one of the most life-changing, reality-expanding episodes I've ever recorded because it is potentially highly, highly triggering um, and highly uh, likely to hmm, rewrite old narratives depending on your history. So I am joined today by one of my dear sisters, Kelly, who I met through Fit for Service and is on this beautiful mission of reclaiming um, the Christ consciousness and sharing um, the truth of Mary Magdalene, sharing the truth of Jesus and his teachings. And it is a profound episode. We are completely lit up talking about this (laughs) through its entirety there's so much wisdom here kelly really is devoted to her studies and i am just so honored that this podcast gets to be a channel through which this information is coming from um mary magdalene is such a a spirit (laughs) that i work with closely and i'm so delighted to um continue passing on her lineage in some way so uh, I invite you to come into this episode with an open heart, to come into your heart before you begin, and to remember that we don't really know anything for sure. Um, yes, I hope you enjoy, and please let me know your thoughts. If you enjoy this episode, leave me a review telling me what you enjoyed, how you like this podcast, and send it to a friend if there are any friends you know that are maybe raised Christian or are looking for some type of, of faith, some type of practice, or maybe have left Christianity recently or anything like that. I think this is a very eye-opening, healing conversation for those who might have grown up in a, in a faith um, that felt like it was stifling um, or controlling or uh, anything not based on love. Yeah, such a beautiful conversation. Let's dive in. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome, Kelly, to the podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy so to be here. Excited. This is amazing. We made this happen. Kelly's all over the world. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm all over too. I don't know where exactly, but I've <laughs> I've been around. So oh, making this connection is just so special. And I'm so grateful you're yeah. willing to come on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I haven't done a podcast in a minute. I'm just putting on, I have the most amazing rose oil that I felt, felt Uh, very, um, yes. Feels very apt for this Mm, conversation. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. But I haven't, yeah, it's been a minute since I've been on a podcast, especially since I've like been venturing down this whole new (laughs) uh, road that I'm on. Yeah. So like who better than to do this with you? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so sweet. 
it's so funny you put on that oil just now because right before I put on my like Isis oil and mm-hmm. the whole bottle pretty much spilled out in my hand. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> like, all right. You hear message received. Yeah. Like right before I sat down. So for some context, this episode, we're going to be diving into the Magdalene, Mary Magdalene. And she's so here. <laughs> she's so present. She's so here. She's, I mean, all of these goddesses, it's, it's so interesting. Cause I've spent the last few years, like I was thinking about it this morning. I think it was Mary Magdalene who first came in for me a few years ago. And then, um, and then it was Joan of Arc. Oh, wow. And to me, the two of them are very late. Like they carry very similar mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. And then more recently I've been working really heavily, like really mostly with mother Mary, mm-hmm. but she's also linked, you know, inextricably with ISIS and, mm-hmm. and all of these women are right. Like yeah. all of these women are, and, and the Rose is symbolic for not so much Joan of Arc, but for, I mean, the Rose lineage, which is Mary Magdalene for mm-hmm. mother Mary, for sure. The rosary. Yeah. Um, Isis, Inanna, like all of them. And um, I mean, yeah, it is, it's present. Like it is, <laughs> it's like somebody messaged me recently and they were laughing. They were like, Mary Magdalene so hot right now. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, all of these spiritual women are like screaming about Mary Magdalene. I'm like, yeah, because yeah. I mean, I wish that I could. We had a video going because I'll show you. Mm. I mean, I have her right here. Wow, my antique prayer cards. Oh gosh, it's so beautiful. Um, yeah. So anyway, wow, she's... all the goddesses who are seem to be like. I don't want to say, actually, it's not screaming. I don't think it's screaming. I think that they're, they're coming up. Um, they're just making their voices heard, but it's mm-hmm. in a very like, whew, like grounded yeah. rooted. It's not screaming. It's not like careless. It's like, yeah. it's like I'm here mm-hmm. and you better fucking listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like now's the time. And we, and yeah. we have the the ears and the hearts to listen right now. Like the women, yeah we're open at this point in time, we're open to receiving it and spreading the message and uh, it feels so good. Oh my gosh. After I'll have to show you, I don't have it with me, but I bought this beautiful mother Mary, uh, like kind of painting in Shasta and it's Mm. so gorgeous. It's like all pink and there's roses and it's, Oh, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Yeah. That's like, I've been really on the mother Mary like I said, like she's been the most present for me recently. And because she's another one who has just been so deeply misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know we haven't really given much of a background to me right now. So people are like, who is this woman talking? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some background might be good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's see what I can do here really quick. Um, who is Kelly? <laughs> oh God, that is such a like I'm so many things, and that's mm-hmm. the thing about me. Like, and everyone, I mean, we all are, right? But like yeah. every time I think that I've every time I think that I put myself in a box, I like step right out of it. <laughs> yeah. Every time I think I've defined myself, I'm like, oh, actually, no, I'm not that. No, or I am that and that, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm like I'm, I'm all, all the boxes. <laughs> I'm all the boxes. So long story short. <laughs> like, <laughs> How much detail do I go into right now? As much as you um, want. I'm sure people would be very interested, especially a lot of my audience 
has come over from like my YouTube fashion beauty content. Like I I feel like if they found your page, they would be like, Oh, okay. Like she's, you know, you're familiar with the the scene. (laughs) Totally. Cause it's been like, it's been such a, um, it's been such a transition for me. Like again, when I talk about these boxes, there's that part of me that like has always loved like being out in the world, like fashion, beauty, all of these things. And Mm -hmm. then there's always the part of me that had this like deep spiritual inner calling. And I was always kind of like, um, kind of fighting between the two feeling like I had to choose one or the other. Like when I was going Mm -hmm. to college, I remember I had one option, which was to go to school in Burlington, Vermont. And I was like, I had this this, wrote this whole essay about like, you know, going to school for business program and starting my own yoga studio and like doing that. And then there was, and at the time that was like, all I really knew about spirituality. I had a, or I have an, an aunt who's amazing, who started taking me to, she, she, you know, brought me to her Reiki teacher and I got Uh, certified in Reiki when I was like 17. I just didn't know. I was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) And then, um, of course you did. Yeah. But it's, but it's so funny. It's like, I look back and I'm like, huh, like that was Hmm. like that, that was like, there was something in me pulling, like I, and I knew, but I didn't really know. I was still trying to like Mm -hmm. rationalize it all with my mind. Yeah. But then, and and then she took me to a, um, a workshop, same thing when I was 17 or 18 on, um, how to use a pendulum (sighs) and all of this stuff that at the time was just, there was no social media for it. There was no, Mm -hmm. like, I didn't really know, you know, it was, it was Mm -hmm. still kind of, all of the spiritual teachers, it was Wayne Dyer. It was Louise Hay. It was Marianne Williamson. It was all like the OGs from like yeah. the nineties and the early two thousands. And that was really the only access I had to it. So mm-hmm. there was still this part of me that, that knew and felt that, that like there was something for me to bring into the world. And the only image I'd seen of that was celebrity. So I started mm-hmm. to kind of conf- like that, like these images started to become sort of confused where I was like, Oh, well, I'm going to go move to New York city and I'm going to go into fashion and I'm going to do all the <laughs> things. And like, and I, and there was that part of me that like wanted to be seen and wanted, you know, wanted all this, all, all of that kind of recognition mm-hmm. and making so, an impact. It's when, what's that? And making an impact. Like, yeah. Know. Yeah. And, and so I was like, well, what kind of impact can I really make as like a yoga teacher, you know? And so I was like, okay, let me go like be this thing. You know, it was like seeing models and seeing these people who are out there in the world. And so I was like, I was confusing, um, like celebrity with, with impact or celebrity yeah. with service, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like with like having, like doing something important. Yeah. So, um, so I ended up going to school in New York city for fashion and interior design. And like, I mean, that was insane. It was so fun <laughs> looking back on it. Like I would never change anything. I was partying like a rock star, yes. and doing all of the things. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I had to go through that, you know, like I've had mm-hmm. to kind of go through all of that, but it was in, it was actually my final semester of my senior year, I was like in the middle of finals and final projects. And I was just, was just going through a breakup and I experienced, I was sitting in class, I was drinking a giant coffee and I suddenly started having a panic attack. And it was my first, first one that I like was conscious of looking back. I can now see that I'd been having them throughout my life, but not frequently enough for it to become like a diagnosis or something. Mm So, or to even go to the doctor. Um, so I had this crazy panic attack and, um, 
I just remember feeling like literally I wanted to die. I was like, mm-hmm. made the worst decision wow. ever by getting on the subway to get back to my apartment. Oh no. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, Imagine no. being on a subway, like think, like having not really any clue what's going on. Oof. And literally I just remember being like, oh, I remember like touching my skin and being like, I need to get out of this. Like, how do I get mm-hmm. out of my body? Wow. And so from there, um, you know, 4,000 million things have happened and mm-hmm. I, uh, ended up moving to sh- California shortly after that and started my old business, Francis Loom. Woo! Which- Some of you Woo! listening may know it. It's very <laughs> like when, when she told me and I made the connection, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I followed them for years. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Francis Loom. Yeah. Yeah. Which was such a funny thing too. Like that, again, it's so funny looking back at that because it was such an expression of like me and and my soul and, and beauty. Like that's like a big, that's one of my, my son, my son's in Taurus. My Venus is in Taurus. Like I have Mm. like like Mm -hmm. the Taurian beauty. It's very much a part of who I am. Like, like Venus is very, very present in my chart. Yeah. So I, so I started the brand and, um, but there was a huge part of it again, like I just remember like I was living in LA and there were all these like cool girls starting brands. And I was like, I just want to be a cool girl, cool, cool girl starting a brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like and an it, it girl. Doing yes. I wanted to be an it girl. Mm-hmm. And it was really strange because I suddenly became one. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because I, you know, got this thing that I was asking for. And when I got it, I'd never felt less fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly like the imposter syndrome was suddenly like through the roof. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've got like, you know, celebrities and like all of these amazing women and like, I've got Vogue emailing me. I've got like <laughs> Emily Weiss asking me to do an into the gloss thing. I've oh got, my God. <laughs> like, um, Hillary Duff emailing me wanting rugs. Like it was literally like this. I was like, I don't know. Like I'm not all of these, all of this kind of compounded belief around, you know, this low sense, low, this sense of low self-worth was like coming out. And I kept, I was trying to hide behind this mask that I've been putting on my whole life. So anyway, so Francis Loom happened. And then again, like that mask, all of a sudden, like 2016, it was like the shit hit the fan. And I went through the craziest year ever and was having just crazy panic attacks, like almost mm-hmm. to the point that I was having every day, which oh, left wow. me at one point at the end of 2016, I was laying on the bathroom floor in London at that point. Mm-hmm. Cause I started dating someone in the UK literally thinking, I don't think I can actually live anymore. Like Mm. I actually don't think I can like go on another day. And that was, can't be here. Yeah. Mm. No, I was like, I can't, I cannot continue in the way that I've been going. Mm. And that was really scary. So through all of this, like there was always still that, that, that like spiritual cord. So like kind of in the background, I'm like reading my books. I start seeing like past life therapists. Mm -hmm. I start, you know, I'm I'm still like the book, many, many lives, many masters by Brian Weiss, like Mm -hmm. totally blew my fricking mind. (laughs) Um, and all of a sudden I was like, Whoa, you know, when you read some books that just like totally blow your, 
like you Click. just you're like burst into the stars. <laughs> yeah, that's what that book did for me. Oh, I love that description. I know. Oh my god, it's it's the best. It's <laughs> the best feeling in the world. Everything when makes just, sense. <laughs> yeah, like you get it's like a full blown activation. It's mm-hmm. like this this like reawakening or remembering, and you're, yeah. you're like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> so that happened, and then um, and then it was just from there, like 2016, just, I started, I I realized I was like, I don't want to be the face of this brand anymore because I knew that I was like presenting myself in this masked way. And I just was like, okay, how do I start to separate myself? So I spent the past, you know, five years, six years. Yeah. Five or six years now. Um, like really coming into myself Mm. doing so, such an outrageous amount of work. I cannot even explain it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I sold the business. And interestingly with the business, what, what was so fascinating was um, it was the end of 2020. And I, within the same week, I had, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a um, producer email me, a TV producer saying, we want to do a television show. Oh my God. Two days later, I get on the phone with this woman whose book I just read, Jesse Ayani, who wrote uh, Coats of Light. Yes. Everyone listening, if you don't have that, that's the book. That's one of those full body ah books. <laughs> and so I like, I like had to get her on the phone. I was like, who is this woman? So I like set up a call with her and telling her about the TV show offer. I don't know what I'm doing. Yada, yada. She says to me, well, if you decide not to take the show you can come live with me on my farm in Mount Shasta for a while. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, huh. Hmm. And I had just learned of Mount Shasta. Like I just learned about Mount Shasta. And so I was like, and I was just feeling that call, like needing to get back to the land, like closer to the land, like Mm -hmm. just coming back to myself. And, um, at that point in time, I brought on a business partner who'd been with me for a few years. And when I told her, she was like, I'm just going to buy you out. Mm. And, and, and it was such a moment of like, whoa, like, you know, it was kind of like, if you decide to do that, like, if you, like you, you've been so focused on like your spiritual path for so long now, like, I'm just Mm going to buy you out. And so I went and I left and I threw all of my shit into storage in London. Cause at that point in time, we missed the part where I moved to London, but that happened <laughs> somewhere um, between LA from LA to London. <laughs> and then, um, and then I was in Mount Shasta last year for a few months and, um, and it's been a like fucking adventure since. And I then was in Austin for a bit. And then I went to fit for service <laughs> where I met you. which is so funny because it's one of those things when I think about fit for service energetically like frequency speaking there's obviously a part of me that that like there's obviously like a thread of me that runs into that like that resonates with fit for service Mm. but as a whole like I don't feel like my personal frequency is like is is super is like a perfect match with FFS but there was something calling me there yeah, that's a great. And I love that. It. That's not like putting it down. It's just like literally saying, you know, this is how I feel. Yeah. Um, and so it's funny looking back and being like, oh, like 
recognizing why I was called to it mm-hmm. and the connections that have come oh out of it, gosh. like with you, with Jatem. Like for me, it really was actually, interestingly, it really was this, like, it almost, as I'm saying it out loud right now, it almost feels like it was this like goddess calling. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this like gathering of these women mm-hmm. who I'm meant to absolutely with to some degree or another. Absolutely. So that happened. And then, um, yeah. And then now I'm, and now I've been, uh, for whatever reason, really (laughs) called to (laughs) really called to speak openly about God, Mm -hmm. about prominent Christian figures Mm -hmm. in a non-Christian way. Yeah. And, um, to, I think just help sort of recorrect the inversions and incorrections that have been sort of planted in the psyches of so many people for so long. Mm -hmm. And that's not me doing it. Right. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like, it's coming through. I don't feel like I'm on some, like, I'm here to like, yeah, you know, yeah, of course change Christianity or anything like that. It's just like my own very personal mission. And if you mm-hmm. want to follow it, great. If you don't also great, like it's yeah. totally fine, but, free but it's, it's, um, it is, uh, it's a topic that I kind of keep laughing at myself. Cause I'm like, I, I don't feel like I'm choosing this because if I were choosing it, like I wouldn't, I don't think I would do it. Yeah, <laughs> you it's, know? It's, it's so like, specific and such a interest, like, it's not necessarily an easy thing by any means. No. And it's, <laughs> And it's supercharged and it's, it's, um, cause here's the thing, like to me, like, look at any other, like, look at most other world traditions, right? Like we've got like the Buddha, for instance, who tons of non-Buddhists have the Buddha sitting on there mm-hmm. or have a statue in their garden, or they might have a little statue somewhere else or in their car, mm-hmm. or they look at the Buddha and they, for the most part, I would say like they think happy thoughts, right? Like we we associate that with the Buddha. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Yeshua is in my opinion, one of the most polarizing beings Mm -hmm. on the planet because he's been associated with this very oppressive system. Mm -hmm. Not all parts of religion are bad. Not all parts of Christianity are bad, but parts of it are very oppressive. And so he's been associated with that so much of what's gone on in Christian tradition, I feel is like the complete antithesis of who he was, Yeah, what his message was. Mm -hmm. And, and it's been twisted by patriarchy to fit a very human narrative Mm -hmm. that only serves a certain type of person Mm -hmm. leaves out everyone else. And that is not like literally (laughs) the complete opposite of what Jesus was trying to do. Like he walked with the poor because he knew that that would help people to see that like, we are all one. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. kind of go into the, (laughs) the Magdalene part of it. There's a word. So I've been learning, um, Aramaic. Yeah. Wow. How is that going? I am fascinated by that. Oh my goodness. It's, um, it's really beautiful. I will maybe towards the end, I'll, um, offer the hail Mary oh, yes. in Aramaic. Oh, I would love that. 
Yeah. Amazing. I'm still in the process of learning the Lord's prayer, which is Jesus's prayer, but I've got the hail Mary down and I just love it. It almost is like light language, which Mm -hmm. I think it very much was that, um, when he was speaking it, Mm -hmm. but it's funny because there's a word I've been learning, you know, doing this Mary Magdalene course with Cynthia Bourgeau, who's like a Mary Magdalene expert, amazing woman, Episcopalian priest, theologian. Wow. All of the things. Um, she's like 75. She lives on an island by herself in Maine. Like she's like such uh, a, she's like an OG, amazing beautiful woman. Um, and she talks about how so there's a word that I'm gonna mispronounce, but it's something along the lines of Ichidaya mm-hmm. in Aramaic, and it means the single one. When I first learned it, I was like, right, that may, and that's what Jesus was referred to as, and that it makes sense, right? It's like the sorry, there's I'm I'm on a lake and there's a jet ski outside. <laughs> it's not no too loud and annoying. <laughs> I can maybe close my door. No, um, it's okay. So Ichidaya means the single one, which, which, you know, I heard it and I was like, oh, that makes sense. It's like, it's like the singularity, the recognition that like we carry everything that we need inside of us, that he came here to show us that. Like, that's what the true, that's what the Christ consciousness to me represents is like, he came here with love, with non-judgment, with kindness, with acceptance, and with the recognition that everything that we need is actually inside of us. Mm-hmm. And that's the complete antithesis of what Christianity yeah. is. Um, yeah. And so anyway, so Ichidaya, meaning the single one, um, at some point in time became, people started to think that it meant the single one, like, like, like he was celibate, like he didn't have a partner. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, words, humans and words. Humans well, so, and words. And so this is the thing. This is why I started to look into um, Aramaic is because I was like, okay, so we've got, you know, like I'm reading the Bible right now. Cause I'm like, I've never read it. Yeah. By the I've way, been feeling called to that too. Like really strongly. I've never read it either. Highly recommend, especially from the perspective of like being outside of it. And I think having all of the, um, like, when I say being outside of it, I mean, like, I suppose not taking it literally because Jesus mm-hmm. literally spoke in parables, like mm-hmm. yeah, in order for people to understand and for it to not be so specific because his message was about living your truth and like living these principles, not knowing them. It was about embodying them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I was like, okay, so we've got, you know, a Bible that's written in English that's been translated from Greek that's been translated from Aramaic. There may have been Latin in there some point as well. And so what the heck did these words actually mean in their origin? Mm. What was he actually saying? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has been mistranslated. I mean, you know, going back to Mary Magdalene, one of the oldest copy, physical written copies of, um, I can't remember which gospel, I don't know if it's the gospel of John, but um, it's from like 600 AD, I think. So 600 years after Christ. And, uh, it shows Mary Magdalene's name crossed out and they wrote in someone else's name. So like, again, just going back to like, mm-hmm. how true is all of this Yeah, and, um, like what we've been told and what we're shown and what's written in this book that's supposed to be historically accurate. And people say is the most historically accurate book that's ever been written. And I'm like, is it though? Like, I, I don't know. I'm mean, a mm-hmm. lot of it is for sure, but, uh, yeah. So it's been interesting learning Aramaic. Like for instance, the word for heaven in Aramaic translates to 
cosmos. Mm. <laughs> what? Oh my God. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. So it's Holy one of those things, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? That changes everything or it, it, it just changes everything. <sighs> it Holy changes shit. everything because we're led to believe, like I've been thinking about this this past week, you know, we're led to believe that heaven's like somewhere else. It's somewhere to get to, right. Mm-hmm. It's like this, like etherical place that we're, we're we don't know about mm-hmm. when it actually means it, it, it's the universe that we reside in. Mm-hmm. Like we're in it. Yeah. Like our earth is in heaven is, in, is here. It is. Heaven it is. Earth. And it's like, we have like, what choices are we making? Because we have that free will, mm. right? Like we have free will to make, <laughs> to make choices. It's so funny. I just haven't like openly really spoken about this. And I didn't realize how, like, it's beautiful. It's going to come through. So beautiful. <laughs> this is exactly what I was imagining. Like it, you can tell when someone is, is on their path and it's, it's, it just comes from so deep and you don't even have to think about what's coming through. It's just like, it's just, <laughs> just passion. Coming it's, it's, it's coming. Just, <laughs> I love it's it. Coming. So valuable. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting again, like I'm kind of hopping around here a little bit, but I think you and I've both been through in this lifetime, like modern day versions of a witch hunt. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and I realized last week that that's exactly what Jesus went through too. Like mm-hmm. we think about witch hunts and primarily it's been women in the past, but like, I mean, the man was killed for speaking yeah. his truth. Mm-hmm. And so like so many pioneers were and have been, and not that you and I, you know, I like, I'm not comparing us necessarily to Jesus or Joan of Arc or to, you know, any of these people, mm-hmm. but it's just like, there's so much, um, people are afraid to, to speak. People are afraid to speak. Mm-hmm. We're living in a time where our attempts to be inclusive have resulted in a society of exclusion. Yeah. Big time. And so like, yeah, again, like just going back to like the fact that I'm choosing or not choosing, I don't really know (laughs) to, to speak about these beings. It doesn't feel like a choice in a lot of ways. And, but it feels like this soul calling. It feels like this truth that's always been pulling me. Like truth has always been this thread for me. That's like, I have a really hard time staying silent if I see untruths, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah if I, I see harm being done, if I see humans being lied to, if I see or just harm being done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, it seems to be what's like what drives me. And in also like as a part of this whole conversation, what's super interesting from an ancestral standpoint is that my grandfather, my, my paternal grandfather was one of six and all six of them were Catholic priests and nuns. Wow. Yeah. And so, and there was a lot of mental illness and there was a lot of like, God is to be feared. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of shame and guilt. And it's just been, I've been on such a journey recently of like reclaiming, I suppose these beings for who I feel that they actually were and are still, and I can feel the healing taking place, um, with my ancestors too. healing the lineage. Oh my God. It's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's brave work work too. Like when you were speaking about, you know, cancel culture and persecution and like this, 
this notion of Jesus and Christianity is so deeply woven in our society. Like people would be beyond pissed if they heard you speaking, like some people, it would literally, I'm sure oh you've God. probably already gotten some messages or emails oh, yeah. or something. A hundred percent. And that's yeah. the thing I have, I have barely even started yet. And I'm like, oh boy. And, and obviously mm-hmm. like, look at me, like, it's like pouring out of me. Yeah. And I'm like, when I, when, when this like really opens, because I can feel it while someone to come out of my voice, I haven't really been yeah. speaking on it and I can feel yeah. it. Wanting to oh, come out oh, does there. it? <laughs> oh, does it? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh God, like, like I've, I've, what I feel that I, you know, like the last couple of years I was speaking out a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've simply loved about- seeing how you, how you share and how open you are about your truth. And like, I love how you explain things. I really admire your, your voice on social media. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that because I'm really of the camp that right and wrong doesn't really exist. Yeah, it does. And, you know, like, again, we've got to like use, take everything with a grain of salt. Obviously, like there are horrors that occur in the world that Mm -hmm. are wrong, but in terms of perspective, when someone says, well, I believe this and someone else says, well, I believe this. Yeah. It's like, who is right? Like who's to say who is right really. And so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm starting to get a little bit of kickback. Um, but I'm really passionate about allowing everyone to have their point of view. Mm -hmm. That's Um, the thing. (laughs) We're all here to experience existence as unique, you know, fractals of God. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and this is your truth and it's not like you're, you know, trying to convince other people or like change someone's mind or like, because the thing is I've, I just touched on it a bit, but it would completely shatter someone's reality. Like everything they've ever known, if they were raised in a Christian household, that's like damnation and you're, you're a sinner and nothing you ever do will be good enough. Like you better try, but there's like a wrathful God coming for you. Like hearing this, and for me, when I read the Ma- Mary Magdalene revealed, I just started weeping, like hearing the truth and just being like, holy Oof. shit. Like no. if I had heard this, I mean, I was raised in a beautiful Hindu faith that's very accepting and loving. And I'm so grateful, but I had a little stint at Christian summer camp in high school and middle school. Like I dabbled and as soon as it was beautiful, we were singing songs about God and worship. And I was like, oh, this feels so good. And I remember crying, like singing these beautiful songs. And then I kept going. And then they wanted to like initiate me into being a leader. And I got handed a binder and it had a contract and I had to sign it. And it said, no premarital sex, no alcohol, no this, no that, no this, blah, 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 blah. And I looked at it and I was like, okay. Yeah. No, (laughs) like not even for a second. Is that a part of my belief system? I was loving the worship to God, but like, no. And then I, I handed it back and like, never, never went back, but wow. It's it's so ingrained. And if I had heard like the, the Magdalene gospel, Oh my God. Like, I know. I know. Oh my God. Like that is a, that is a a faith that I can get behind. Like it's so (laughs) beautiful. Mm. Oh, it's so beautiful. And when you think about, you know, you're like, well, why wasn't this included in the Bible? Like it's all gospels of men. Mm-hmm. And where was this? And also back to what you were talking about before too, like, you know, with, um, with this, like 
shattering of beliefs. Like it's, it's scary. Like waking up is scary as shit when something that you believed forever to be just truth, just handed over to you. Mm -hmm. When you suddenly start to question it, like the past few years, I've really been like, my eyes have been waking up to more and more and more. And that's just part of being on that, you know, being on this path, Mm -hmm. the more you, the more you see the lies and the more that you see how ingrained they are. Mm -hmm. And I can remember learning things. I remember hearing things before I was ready to hear them. And being so upset about it, like being so pissed or like, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the, that's like the, that's like for me anyway, that was always my initial response was just like yeah. anger and like, yeah, you're fucking stupid. And like, like, you know, like, I'm not going to listen to whatever you're telling me right now. Mm-hmm. But then when you actually start to like, mm-hmm. I don't know when, when you start to realize that, that when you start to, I guess it's really what it is. is like a widening, widening of perspective. Like when you, when your perspective starts to widen, and you start to be able to see the ands. I call them the ands. It's like, okay, can my reality exist? But can I also accept that there's another one mm. like this and this? Yeah. Like I believe that. So, and that's where I feel like we really need to get to is like, okay, so someone believes that Mary Magdalene's gospel shouldn't have been put in the Bible, or they believe that Jesus was truly celibate, but can they also hold the, fa- hold the truth for someone else that mm-hmm. he may not have been? You respect the truth for them. Like right. you don't have to believe it or, or right. learn about it. Like just respect that as their truth. That's, that's right. it. That's, to, that's right. it. And at the end of the day, like I keep coming back to this truth as well. It's like, we, none of it actually, like none of the facts actually matter. It's important for us to like rewrite them if they were wrong. But at the end of the day, if we can all live that truth that Mary Magdalene spoke of, for instance, like, like that God is within and is in the heart, like, or even just living out the principles of Jesus, whether you're on team Mary Magdalene or not, like if you can actually go out into the world and love your neighbor and be kind and, and be of service mm-hmm. at like, that's what actually matters. Like the, the, these stories, it's like, they're all stories. We don't know what was happening 2000 years ago. Like, I'm sorry, I don't actually, you know, and I have the most unbelievably gifted friends and guides who are seers and who say that they've gone back to certain times and that they can see, you know, into the Akashic records. And I believe them because I can feel their truth. But at the end of like, from like a very three-dimensional human perspective, it's like, we don't actually know, like we're, we aren't living it right now. So like, and what's the, like, why are we even arguing about it? It's like, why? why, it's so silly. Yeah. All we know for sure is that we really don't know anything. (laughs) Exactly. And that's, that's like, I, which is, I mean, I think all of the great, um, all of the great, uh, philosophers said that. And one of my favorite Christian mystics, St. John of the cross, he always Mm. says, he says, um, God grants it to some to understand that everything remains to be understood. Oh, Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Okay. So just to like, give some more texture to this conversation for someone who has never heard of Mary Magdalene or who has only heard of her as a prostitute, (laughs) who is she to you? What is her story and your truth? Like who is Mary Magdalene? (laughs) Yeah. Well, again, like to me, it's like, okay, so I've read all of these stories. I've read so many different iterations of who she was. Do the facts 
really matter. I don't think that they do. Was she Jesus's wife? Did they have a child? This is all stuff that's, you know, a lot of people talk about. And again, like from, there's the part of me that loves to find truth. So I love thinking that I love believing that I love like, and that resonates with me, mm-hmm. but they probably yeah. were partners. Yeah. that resonates. But ultimately, like ultimately what she was and is to me is just this woman who was, was, and is in just complete devotion to, to God. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely believe that she helped Jesus or Yeshua just as much as he helped her mm-hmm. at, you know, 2000 years ago, she really wasn't a lot able to have, have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so she really couldn't speak out, but, and that's why I feel that she's becoming so present right now is because mm-hmm. like yeah. her voice is just like, it's opening and it's opening through so many of us who, who are, who are able to come out and say, I can feel the divine in me. I don't need someone outside of me to tell Mm. me what I can and can't believe. Mm. It gives me chills as I say it. I know. me (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, historically speaking, even in interestingly in, um, you know, the Catholic church kind of like shunned her for a very long time, wasn't until 1969 that they actually finally recognized her as a saint. Um, but the Eastern Orthodox traditions, um, have recognized, have always seen her as being very important. Mm -hmm. Um, they've always called her the apostle to the apostles. Like she Mm -hmm. was the one and like, she was like the main follower. And that's why a lot of the, like the male apostles didn't, you know, had a hard time respecting her was because she seemed to have this kind of inner, not inner dialogue, this private dialogue with, with Jesus, with Yeshua, which is, which is why a lot of people believe that they may have been partners is because she seemed to have a lot of um, access to teachings that he didn't give to anyone else. And whether that was coming through like the alchemy of them being one together, Mm -hmm. um, or whether that was him literally passing teachings onto her, whether she was, you know, getting them herself, there was clearly some kind of alchemical process happening between the two of them that no matter what you believe, you actually, you actually can't really argue it, you know, like whether they were romantic or not, like she was this silenced woman who was just degraded for so long, who actually turns out to have been one of the most important people in, if not the most important person in Jesus's life. So Mm -hmm. yeah, she's here. She's here. here and yeah yeah it's been such a journey with like just like kind of again the word I keep using is reclamation it's like reclaiming like can we reclaim absolutely same with the virgin mary it's like was she a virgin what does that actually mean Mm. and and you know through the studies I've been doing like that term came about to represent power to represent sovereignty to represent spiritual connectedness it's like this purity of light that was in her had nothing to do with her sexuality (laughs) and this idea that like she she was give you know she like got impregnated by the holy ghost or whatever the story is and that she was never touched by a man and that Jesus came out and that he was celibate like like these inversions of these stories around our sexuality. Cause that's also what Mary Magdalene to me represents too, is this like, like reclaiming our bodies. It's embodiment. Oh, that's what her teachings are about. It's like 
the divine is within you. Mm -hmm. Can you get back in your body? It's not out here. Mm -hmm. It's all within. And I love, I am pretty terrible with like details. (laughs) Like I (laughs) I understand the concept so fully and like the pictures and images and emotions, but like years, like dates just really stick with me. Um, but I remember reading in, um, Mary Magdalene revealed, I think his name's like Jean, I don't know how to say his name, Le Loop or something like, uh, Oh, the Pope who he wrote, he wrote the, or he has a version of the the Magdalene gospel. He's like one of the big, um, theologians, I believe that's how you say it, um, that studies her, but I remember reading this passage that just like, oh oh my God, that just made everything click. It was like, Jesus was, is hundred percent divine, hundred percent human. And to be a hundred percent human, that would also include feeling the pleasures, feeling the embodiment, feeling the creation of, you can't be a hundred percent human. If you are not, if you're celibate, it's, it's, that's a whole huge chunk that you're missing. Like, and that to me is like, oh, of course, of course. How can yeah. he, how can he be such an important teacher if he hasn't also mastered the human experience? A hundred hand in hand. hundred percent. When I read that part too, in that book, um, I forget what the word is. What's the word, the Greek word for fully divine and fully human. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. But I remember reading that and really allowing that concept to sink in because again, within so many, and I'm speaking only to Christian traditions, um, like we see it, it, it all kind of exists out here because we can't see it. It's like heaven angels, Mm -hmm. like Jesus external. It's, it's like all of this, like going out, it's Mm -hmm. all of this expansion, which is, which is valid, Mm -hmm. but also, um, there's not, there's nothing like coming in. There's, there's there's so much of the body is neglected Mm -hmm. and And, shamed, you know, Oh my God. So shamed. And like, and the wisdom of the earth that seems to have of Mm -hmm. mother earth that seems to have like been, you know, just forgotten somewhere along the lines. So, um, yeah, it's so interesting. It's like, I feel like I've just barely scratched the surface in terms of what I'm learning and like, you know, so activating. I'm like hot on the hunt now. I just want (laughs) not even hunt. It's just like, I just want to learn everything and absorb (laughs) all of it. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's like finding treasure. And I just keep finding more and more gems and like connecting all these dots. And within me, like, it's not external dots. It's like, Oh shit. Like this is a truth. This is a truth. This is a truth. Yes. And like the words and the meaning, they're so beautiful. That's what's so fun and interesting. Like for me, I was just having this kind of discussion with my best friend, Catherine, who's visiting right now um, about like why I choose to have a spiritual path. Like I don't choose one faith or one path. It's like, well, because I get to learn from all of them. And when you get down to the core of all of them, it's all the same. It's the same. It's I know. Same. And it's so beautiful to be able to learn from these great masters. Like I believe all of their truths. Yeah. I believe all of their yeah. teachings. I believe yeah. they were real. Yeah. And I'm so lucky to have grown up. Like my mom had a poster in her bedroom with all of the great teachers, all of the saints and their guru, like all in one. So I got to see Jesus, Buddha, like 
everybody up there. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. And another thing too, that is really significant about choosing this path of, of not choosing (laughs) of being open is like, it's difficult because you don't have a certain, there's no structure. There's no guidelines. There's no one teacher who can get you there or here. There's no destination. It's just like, you have to literally source everything from within every single thing, which means you can never be a victim (laughs) because it's all, it's all you at the end of the day, which is so it's challenging. And I understand, and I am grateful for these religions, the the roles that they've played for, for bringing people to an awareness of God. It's it's beautiful. And do I, do I wish and hope for a future that is much more um, based on unconditional love? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, religion has only, you know, Hinduism is the oldest recorded religion and it's been around for just over 4,000 years and humans have been on this planet for tens of thousands, I think close to a hundred thousand years, maybe more. Mm. So like, you know, religion is not the only way Mm -hmm. and it can be a beautiful way. But I also think that that's part of like, we're here right now in this world where we have access to everything. Mm -hmm. And so why wouldn't we allow ourselves? Cause I actually, I have some friends who are like very strict on their certain paths and that's fine. And that's totally for them, you know, who are like very strictly Hindu or very strictly Christian Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, and and they believe that that's the right path. And I'm like, great. Mm -hmm. Like if that's taking you to God a hundred percent, but there's also a lot of, you know, like, like my, like me and you, you know, I was raised Catholic, but when I was 14, I picked a book on Buddhism and I was like, I had one of those like explosion Uh. moments where (laughs) I was like, I was like, Whoa, it was, it was this like reverence for the earth. It was this, this idea that like plants were life and the energy, like that, the energy and that everything was one, that, that we were all kind of part of this, this creation. And, um, that actually leads me, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but it actually makes me want to share it here. If you're open to it. Of course. So kind of going back to this isn't Aramaic, but it's, um, it is Hebrew. So when we go back to translations of things and what's been lost, like what's been lost in translation, mm-hmm. um, my mentor's mentor, mm-hmm. um, translated, um, he did a letter by letter translation of, um, the Hebrew Genesis, which is the very, very first part of the Bible. So like Genesis one is the first, like literally the first line of the Bible says um, something along the lines of uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. He did a letter by letter translation of that sentence. So think about that sentence for a second. Oh boy, oh boy I'm excited. <laughs> and, and here's, here's where, here's the translation breaking open inside, outside, rushing, radiating, reaching all life, shining source, light in inner being itself, recurring in itself, breaking open inside, outside, rushing, radiating, reaching all life, all life, blooming, kindling inside, lighting, looking open in, without in inner being golden flowing, moving outward in itself, all life itself, recurring in itself, 
looking open in without shining source life inside dividing in inner being golden flowing moving outward in itself doing living co-evolving all life itself recurring in itself looking open in without all life rushing radiating reaching treetops upright bearing wholeness carrying light wow Wow. Wait, so that is that a whole passage or was that just the sentence? The sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's a so like Hebrew is all um their characters. It's not like it's not like so yeah. each character is, is a its each own each character has its own meaning. Wow. That's and stunning. So that is like, it's a, like a poem. It is a poem. It's it's a beautiful poem about, it seems like his own experience with divinity. Like, oh. it's just, I mean, and it's not even just his, it's like, it's like, that is one there's m- multiple, but a, he, a translation of, it's like hilarious that we've, we landed on in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then, yeah. that. What? and like for <laughs> me, I know. And for me, what I get, like when, that, when my mentor first read that to me. I was like, I mean, even every single time I read it, I get chills. It's like, I see like the, 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 um, I see this like energy that's like, Mm. like folding in itself, but also opening up outside of itself. And it's just like light. It's like creation. It's like literally creation. Infinite, infinite. And the universe is expanding. Right. Like the universe is constantly expanding. It's just growing. Like where, like where we don't, we have no, we don't know (laughs) what's beyond. Oh shit. I love that. (laughs) Can you send me a photo of that later? Maybe. God, that's stunning. And then that reminds me of heaven, meaning the cosmos. Exactly. (sighs) I know. I know. God. I know. Shit. This is so juicy. (laughs) 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 I wish since I've been getting in this, I'm like, damn, I wish I went to divinity school. Like talk about a, a, an actual college experience that like would be very fascinating to learn about. I know I've actually been thinking about going back to school for my master's. Mm. Um, the only thing is, is I keep having people saying to me, you're not going to find what you want to find there. Yeah. You're going to find what's traditional there. You're going to find, you're going to find, you know, the King James version of the Bible there. You're probably not going to find Stan 10 and giving you the, you know, Hebrew Genesis translation. I wonder, I wonder like where that, where those teachers are. I mean, I know you have some, but like, I wonder if there is, there are schools that are teaching that there must be some, maybe a few. There's, I I mean, there's probably the odd heretical teacher, but like, that's what these teachers, you know, like my mentor is named Dale Allen Hoffman. He's, he's considered a heretic by like the Christian community. Mm-hmm. because he speaks, you know, so much about Yeshua and Magdalene and, and offers these translations. And because so much of it, it's not even that it goes against anything that the Bible says, it's just an alternative perspective. But for them, it's a dangerous one that could tear down everything. Exactly. That been, <laughs> exactly. That exactly. Been and so it's been wars have been fought over and so much blood has been spilled to maintain this narrative. Right. And that to me, like the fact that there's ever been 
a single war, a single human killed over a disagreement about God. Like it's the complete antithesis of Mm. God. Yeah. I really wonder, like, I mean, of course, Yeshua, Jesus would, would be, would be seeing this. I know he's, you know, experiencing this reality in somewhere, somehow, you know, (laughs) again, we don't know, but I know that that there's, there's awareness there. Of course. I just, I wonder, like he would have the acceptance of like, it's all perfect. This is, this is part of it. It's the human journey, but also like, is there a part of him that's like, Hey y'all, like, this is really far away from what I was trying to teach you. Like not even close. (laughs) I think so. And you know, what's funny is that when I started this new business that I've just started, I've got this, that's a whole nother side, the whole nother. Yeah. I want to get into that shop. (laughs) Um, but I, it felt from, so, so I guess we'll talk about it really quick. I started, um, and it's evolving and it's going to take many forms. I'm sure as Francis Loom did, but, um, I've got a shop of religious antiques. And again, the idea is like, can we reclaim these beings? Mm, They're so beautiful. Yeah. They're so amazing. I mean, I have like, I have the the antique prayer cards. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The prayer cards are so nice. I have this Mary one here too, which I love because it shows her. Mm. Um, Wow. They're in such good condition. They're so like colorful. Yeah. They're so beautiful. This one's from 1924 from France. Wow. He's in complete devotion to her. Yeah. Yes. And I love it. So, um, so I've got this shop and, um, and as I was doing it, I was like, okay, so a lot of my work right now is with the feminine. It's with the divine feminine. It's with the divine mother. It's reclaiming the rosary as a practice outside of religion. I'd love to hear about that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll go into that. Um, and, uh, I could feel the whole time. It's, it's so funny. Cause like from a marketing perspective, I was like, okay, let me just focus on mother Mary and Mary Magdalene and like probably St. Uh, St. Joan, Joan of Arc, mm-hmm. and maybe a few others, but I'll keep it. It's like, it's going to be about the women. And I swear to you, I could feel him. Like I can feel him being like, you have to include me. Like, mm-hmm. yes, the, the like feminine and masculine are out of balance. Yes. We need the divine feminine, but also we need the divine masculine. Mm-hmm. Like in it's true form. Like, we think about the mask. Yes, exactly. In its true form. We think about the masculine being kind of like the overpowering, um, uh, you know, energy that it is right now, Patriarchy. but it's in its toxic form. Mm-hmm. And so I can just, I literally could feel him being like, you have to include me in this shop. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, and, and for me, it was interesting because I was like, it's a lot easier for me from my own upbringing to like really fully accept Mary Magdalene and the Virgin Mary for, for, for who they were and for their true form. But, but I realized that there was a lot of damage done for me with around Jesus. And so I was like, okay, like I've got to work on um, Mm, healing this relationship and like really learning. I mean, I have the most amazing, let me grab it. I've got it just sitting right here again. I'm so sad that everyone can't see these, but this beautiful statue of Jesus. <laughs> oh, wow. God, the colors are stunning. I know. And he's the got the blue like, robe. Oh, I know. Shawl. It's painted with gold. Like ah, he's so it looks like, like good. sorry fabric. Like it's very similar. It's so yeah, stunning. it is actually, you're right. It is very similar. Um, and he's got his sacred heart, which I love. That's my, mm. my personal favorite symbol of his. I don't love the crucifix, but I do yeah. love the sacred heart. Yeah. Um, and wow. so 
Yeah. It's just, um, yeah, he's, he's super present. He's, he's very present as well, mm-hmm. like very present and definitely is here. I feel like to support Magdalene and to support, to, to be that masculine, to like be that supporting force mm-hmm. while like she's finally reached this point where she can speak through so many of us and say like, you know, here I am. Mm. And, and that's, you know, like these, these, um, these feminine energies have been here forever. It's ISIS. It's, you know, if we were saying at the beginning, it's ISIS, it's Ishtar, it's Inanna, it's Mary Magdalene, it's Mother Mary, it's Mm, Hathor. Yeah. I mean, so many, there's goddesses there. It's, it's so, Mm. there's so many. And, um, I think that, yeah, there's something happening in particular with Christianity. And I think that that's, which is, which is, you know, just in the case of these beings in particular representing that particular Mm -hmm. branch or brand of spirituality. But I do believe that Jesus came here. You know, I believe that all spiritual leaders have come here with certain codes. And I think that he came here really with a very specific, with Christ consciousness for the first time and really specifically like anchored that for us on the planet. And so that's like coming out. And I feel like it's really coming out through, through her, through Mary Magdalene. And it seems, it feels like to me, like, well, she is, she is the Sophia, you know, she is that, that feminine Christ consciousness. Like I connect with her energy as something that I can like strive towards and I can learn yes. from and, yes. and like she, it, it seems, it feels, it appears like that she really did. She embodied all these teachings and she, she became, you know, enlightened or whatever you'd like to call it. Like she, yeah. she was a hundred percent divine, hundred percent human. Like she mastered yeah. this yes. experience. Yes. It really does yeah. feel like that. So you know, much, much more than a prostitute with seven plagues or whatever. I think. Oh my God. Yeah. Which was fascinating. Like in the book, uh, Mary Magdalene revealed, it talked about like the, the plagues, I believe that's what it was. The plagues, um, there might've been a different name, but they were the, they're just layers of human experience Totally. to understand. Like it's, it's not something she's not like this this leper, this disease leper at the feet of Jesus that he like cured her. Like, no, she was, she was on this, this journey to master these levels of human experience, to know herself more deeply and like fully come into unconditional love. That just was like, Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. My mentor says that as well. He's like these, you know, they weren't literal, like this, the the idea of sin also Mm. speaking of sin, um, (laughs) In Aramaic, sin, sinners, sins translates to mistakes or like missing the mark. Yep. Dude. So like, I just want to, I just want to shout this from the rooftops, like to, to these humans that are just trying, like they're just searching for a connection. They're just searching for a greater purpose and a meaning. And they just want to be loved. That's it. And to tell them like, yeah, you're, I guess a sinner, but it just means you're a human who makes mistakes. Totally. <laughs> like we all totally. do, but you're not, yeah. you're not gonna, you're not unworthy of anything because of your mistakes. Right. right. And it's funny. I started praying the rosary and, um, like reclaiming that for myself. And within the hail Mary is a section that says, pray for us sinners. 
And there was a period of time. It was actually only within the last few weeks that I actually allowed myself to like reclaim that word. Wow. Yeah. It's because wrong word. Yeah. I couldn't for, I, I, I cut it. I cut it out for myself for a long time when I was praying, it was just pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've recently been like really getting into the feeling of like, okay, what does this word actually mean? And like, can I allow it to be that? And can and part of me reclaiming it and using it as, as, you know, one of my offerings along with this shop is these rosary circles. Mm. And it feels important for me to keep it in there so that other people can also begin to reclaim it for, you know, what it actually means. And really exactly what you just said, like, it really is about just recognizing our worth and knowing that we are so loved mm-hmm. and that like every single human life has value and that there's no amount of mistakes that you can make that will, you know, make God hate you or judge you or shame you or send you to hell. Like I just, I just don't believe that. I know that there are people who do and that's fine, but like, I just, that's, again, that's just not a story that I buy. Like yeah, I just, no. Nope. I've, I've been, I've had the experience, like the embodied physical experience of the love of God, of the creator of something bigger than me. And when you, when you're there and when you're in that, you can't deny it. It's like Mm -hmm. having an orgasm. Like you're like undeniable. Like you can't, yeah, you can, yeah, it's undeniable. (laughs) And so that's my wish for people is like, can you have you experienced God? Like, do you know what that is? I really came to this realization the other day that like God for me really is just like the lived experience of life. Like mm-hmm. how open can we become to feeling everything that we need to feel like that's it. It's like showing up and just being with every human throughout your day, being present. Yeah. Being present and yeah. like just living and like <laughs> being here. And so it beautiful. does come down to choice. It comes down to choice. And a, and, and a lot of people say that that's really privileged, but you know, who I think is brilliant at talking about choices, Victor Frankl, mm. who was um, in concentration camps mm-hmm. and wrote a book about choice. And, um, and he talks about how the only, uh, the last of the true freedoms is choice. Mm-hmm. And that even when he was in there and they take, they took everything away from him, his family's food, his clothing, everything, he still had a choice. Mm-hmm. to make about what he thought about, about what state of mind he was in, about mm-hmm. how he looked at his, you know, the people in there with him, how he, he looked at the guards, even, you know, the people mm-hmm. treating him this way. And so to like, it gives me chills as I say it, because that, I mean, you, you can't imagine being in a worse situation than mm-hmm. that. No. And he still chose love. So, so oh. yeah. And, and it's not easy. It's not easy. That's no. that. <laughs> that's not easy, no. <laughs> but you know, I think a lot of it's like same with Jesus. Like he was tortured mm-hmm. and there's some people who don't think he was, but you know, that's my, I believe he was. <laughs> some people <laughs> think he's, he made it off the cross. I don't really know. Again, like do these facts actually matter? Yeah. We do know that he was hated and that he was tortured and, and he still spoke his truth. So and that's, that's the, the lesson of sovereignty and not being a victim. Yeah. 
if you can master or just understand this experience enough to even in the worst situations in the most pain around the most hate to still be like, Oh no, I understand. I love you. It's okay. Like I love me. I love you. It's, it's cool. (laughs) I understand like that, that choice instead of, instead of all of the many things that could be very well, like, like, okay, that's valid. Yeah. You want to like throw rocks back or you want to, you know, yeah, your your jailers, but like, wow, to make that choice. Yes. And to really do it, like, cause there is like spiritual bypass exists. And that's an argument for a lot of people like, oh, you're just spiritual bypassing when you do that. But like there, like when you can really get into the heart of it, it's like really, truly coming into that heart, into that Christ consciousness, into that space that Mary Magdalene talked about in her gospel. It's like when you can actually land there, there is nothing but love. Like there is nothing but love and acceptance that lives there. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is, yeah, all human emotions. Sometimes we need to be angry. I'm angry all the fucking time. I get <laughs> angry about a lot of things and I speak out about them, <laughs> but but yeah, I think when it comes down to like really our, yeah, this day to day, these choices that we have, like it is there and it takes, and, it, and ultimately it takes practice. Like that's for sure. Mm, um, spiritual practice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's all a practice. Everything we do is a practice. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, so beautiful. This is such a good conversation. I would love <laughs> to end it out with the rosary or, or maybe that prayer in Aramaic that you're talking about. I don't know if that's the same. Yeah. So the rosary is, um, so so the rosary is just, I mean, it's Christianity's form of prayer, prayer beads. Although ironic, actually, interestingly, the rosary existed, praying the rosary existed before Christianity claimed it before the Catholic Mm. church claimed it. So that is interesting. um, It's really interesting. It actually came about as this marriage between, um, like pagan practices of creating, flower crowns for the goddess mm. um and the church coming into european towns and saying hey like we don't have isis anymore or bridget or whomever you want to talk you know we it's it's instead of isis and horus it's it's mary and jesus now mm. and so um anyway it was in the middle ages that uh the hail mary started so the so the rosary is prayed with the hail mary so the hail mary is the prayer the rosary is the, like the full devotion mm-hmm. of the beads and it's not so. 108 beads right because i just counted it because the traditional prayer beads are 108 and i i have a rosary now that's so beautiful um and mary's on it which i was like oh my god i bought it and then realized later i don't know if she oh, always good. is but she's she's on there um <laughs> And it's blue and stunning, but I counted. I was like, oh, it's not 108. Yeah. It's 54 on the main, like on the big strand. And then it's five on the lower strand. And there's, and that's a traditional rosary. There's actually, there's, there's, so they're considered the decades. So you, so you, um, there's 10 beads. And so a traditional rosary has five decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the, the Lord's prayer bead that's between them. So you say 10 Hail Marys for every Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, there's, there's different variations of, um, of, uh, rosaries and there's some with six decades there's some with four, but the traditional one has five decades. And so, um, yeah, it's a practice that I've reclaimed and I love it because it was actually like, uh, it was actually rebellious. It was originally, it was this like rebellious act against the church. And so I find it funny again, it's one of those things, like it wasn't until the mid 1500s that, um, the Catholic church was like, okay, we're going to take this. 
And so they did. And now, you know, the rosaries become synonymous with Catholicism, but it's really not. It's actually like, it was this very radical prayer for women honoring the, wow. honoring the divine mother. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which, which is like, oh, I just love it again. It's like finding, getting to the root of all of this stuff. When you actually begin to learn about it, you're like, wow, like yeah. this is so fascinating. Mm, so so fascinating. sacred. Yeah. So, so sacred. So <laughs> sacred. So let me just get myself prepared Yay. <laughs> to say this prayer. <sighs> so this is the rosary, sorry, the Hail Mary mm-hmm. in Aramaic. Shlam laki Mariam, maliat tebuta, maran yamike, mabarakta anti beneshe, Wambarak hupiara de Karski Yeshua, Kadishta Mariam Ama de Alaha, Salau Elaine Hanan Hatia, Hasha Wabsheta de Mota, Amen. Wow. It always just makes me smile, that one. Mm, It's so beautiful. Doesn't it sound like light language? Like very much. Yeah. Um, a friend, a woman that I know was recently speaking light language to me and, um, she said, Beneshe. And I, and when she went after she was finished, I said, do you know, do you realize that you like, are you most people, you know, channeling the light language? Like a lot of people are not aware of what's coming out of their mouth. And I just said, you know, I noticed that you said Beneshe, which in, which is Aramaic and it means women. (laughs) And she was just completely like, in awe and had no idea, you know? And so it is interesting. It definitely carries, I think a lot of the codes it has, it definitely carries codes like that. Oh, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, it feels like I'm in a really deep process of sort of rewriting a lot of my ancestral history, rewriting, you know, all of these stories for myself and really just like bringing them out for other people who feel called to, to explore Mm -hmm. them and to reclaim them. And it's not going to be for everyone. Nothing ever is, but yeah. Wow. So you're offering, um, like rosary classes. Yeah. So, um, it's really going to be just like, I actually may launch my first one as soon as I haven't actually started them yet, but, um, very, very, very soon, as soon as this coming Sunday, I don't know when this podcast comes out, so I'm not even going to say the date because I don't know how relevant that's going to be, but Probably on my like website, you'll weeks. be able to, okay. Yeah. So on my website, so by the time this comes out, then they'll have already started and, um, you can go on the website, my website and, and find them. And, um, it's really going to just be like people coming together who want to, you don't have to know the rosary. You don't have to have prayed it before. You don't even have to have rosary beads. Like it's a coming together to really just offer prayer. Um, there's a beautiful book called the way of the rose that is about, um, reclaiming the rosary, you know, as a devotion to the divine mother and, Mm -hmm. um, by Clark strand and Perdita Finn. And there it's such a beautiful book and Clark strand. What he says, um, is that what, and what I love is that what they're trying to do is rewild prayer. They're rewilding prayer. Ooh, I know. Love that. And I love that too. I'm like, I was like, okay, I'm taking that. Not without getting, not without giving them credit, but like yeah. that's such a yes. beautiful yes. way to put it. Because I think again, it's like 
I think that so many people like with this whole conversation that we've had with all these be- with, with all these beings, it's why I've started the shop. It's why I'm having these rosary circles. It's like, can we like loosen this up a little bit? Like mm-hmm. when I think of Christianity, I just feel this, like, ooh, it yeah. just feels so constricted and oppressive. Rigid, yeah. Can we open this back up to like what the real meaning of these, what these prayers are? What is the real meaning of the rosary? What was Jesus's mm-hmm. actual teachings? Like who, who was he really? Who's Mary Magdalene? You know, and again, at the end of the day, none of those facts actually really matter, but can we reclaim them? Can we reclaim the practices so that we can begin to live mm. out those practices, those, you know, those, these, these codes and to just share, to share that love and that mm-hmm. light and that, from a and place that of unconditional love from a place of the heart. Like that looks different for everyone. You know, there's a little yeah. different flavor that we all yeah. have to yeah. add to it. That's the exactly. whole point. <laughs> right. It's going to be different for everyone. It doesn't have to look the way that I, that I, you know, that I do it. I've actually already even started writing, um, different forms, which I'll share in the circles, but like, I've written a prayer for Magdalene. I've written a mm-hmm. prayer for another prayer for Jesus. I've written another prayer for mother Mary. Like there's just like, there's, you know, I intend to keep to, the like root and the original practice of what, because I think that that's also important. Like I love kind of claiming the, the, the original practice, but at the same time, like adding in just these, these extra little prayers that have been coming through me that feel really resonant Mm. with, you know, with what I feel and whether you want to use them or not, that's totally fine. And if you want to make up your own, I encourage it, yes. you know, like feel into it. Like what, do, who is mm. mother Mary to you? Who is Jesus to you? So yeah, yeah that's really what it's all about. I definitely want to join. Um, yeah. I'm going to be on a road that. trip, but I definitely want to join. That's like so exciting. Yeah. Mm, I'm so happy you're doing this. <laughs> like there are so many easier this more like relatable, (laughs) typical things to do um, (laughs) that are more widely accepted, but this is so important. And I think it's, it's time obviously, or we, it wouldn't be coming through you, but it's just so beautiful. And I'm like, so lit up from this conversation. Oh God. Thank you. you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, I love, you know, it, it obviously lights me up too. And so for me, I've got to just follow that. And yeah. And I know that the people who are meant to receive it will receive it and that it's all done through love. And that's really the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. So, so thank you. Know. Where can people find what's your website? What are your where's your shop? Yeah. So everything is on one page um, on my website. It's kellyclairevittengold.com and it's K-E-L-L-Y. C-L-A-R-E-V-I-T-T-E-N-G-L. And it's funny. I used to not, um, like when I started Francis Loom, I didn't originally name it after myself because I was like, God, my my surname is so, like my last name is so kind of complicated. People don't know how to say it. They don't know how to spell it. But in the past few years, um, I learned that uh, I was doing kind of like a name, again, reclamation. That's just the word that keeps coming, but sort of like really like owning my name. Because for a long time, I kind of just like didn't like it. And I found out that Vittengel means white angel. So Vitt is white and Engel is angel. And so as soon as I found that out, I know. And Claire is like clear, it's psychic. It's, it's like, it's that, that clarity. So that's why. So I originally didn't have my middle name in there either. And Kelly means warrior. Dude. (laughs) 
Oh my God. That is stunning. Good yes. job, mom and dad. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's been really fun too, has been this like, you know, and I encourage everyone to actually do that. And there's so many different versions of names. Kelly's, you know, has, has it's most commonly, um, warrior. It also means lightheaded in some other translations, you know, mm-hmm. there's, but it is fun. It's kind of cool to see like what the energetic imprint of your name is. Yeah, definitely. And if it doesn't resonate with you, then freaking change it, you know, yeah, like find one that does. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, yay. yay. Wow. What a beautiful, beautiful conversation. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you so, so much. This was like, I, I learned so much. I feel super activated right now. And I'm just really grateful that everyone listening got to have this this receive this transmission and yeah. mm. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. It's so it's like, I'm, it makes me so excited to keep, to keep sharing. Yeah. Let's do another one in like a couple of months. I, I can't wait to hear what else I'm like. <laughs> we should going. actually like once it starts, once the train really starts moving, we should totally do one in another few months. Oh, I can't even imagine. I feel like the train was cruising today. <laughs> Let's go <laughs> all aboard the Christ consciousness. Yeah. Choo, choo. Choo, choo, baby. <laughs> oh, love you. Love you. Thank you.